Scott here <laughs> to see what he can do. Dave, I would like for you now to make a square circle. <laughs> I don't think that's the shape. <laughs> Don't do it. A square circle. 400 and something. And you can't even do a square circle. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to embarrass me that much. Now, what's the problem? It isn't that he's not strong. The problem is I was asking him to do something that is impossible. There is no such thing as a square circle. You have a square, you have a circle. You cannot have a square circle. But sometimes, theologically, we think you can. And it's just as impossible theologically as it is geometrically to have a square circle. When John wrote 1 John, there were brothers and sisters theologically beginning to adopt and embrace square circles. They were embracing impossibilities. And so John writes his letter and goes, you know what, that which we've seen, we've heard, we've touched, we want to share with you. What's his purpose? So that we will be united in fellowship, so that we will have joy in that fellowship, so you and I are together. But what had happened is now it's been like 50 or 60 years since John became a disciple and people have started to drift. They started to let the world influence them and socialize them. And all of a sudden, they were embracing and believing things that were impossible. They were believing in square circles theologically. And so John writes for John, and throughout the book, he will use two terms starkly. He does it out of love. He does it out of concern. He does it because he just wants them to understand. Those are the terms lie and life. And we think, oh my gosh, he's, he's being mean. Or no, what he's trying to make the point is, if you do this and say you're a Christian, you're a liar. He's not saying that to be cruel. He's saying it's a square circle, folks. You cannot be a Christian and do this. It is contradictory. It does not meet. And so he uses that term. So I just want us to consider this as we start this fall. I want to challenge our geometry spiritually. I want to challenge what we're believing. And I want us to see... Do I believe something that, quite frankly, is impossible, is contradictory? Read 1 John, but let me just bring out three of them. Number one, number one, Christians can have and live with hidden sin. That's a square circle. That's an impossibility. Look over here at verse 5, chapter 1. This is a message we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him, I'm a Christian, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus' Son 
If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make Him out to be a liar, and His word has no place in our lives. What happens oftentimes is we come up with this elaborate uh, uh, excuse making and rationalization on why we're doing something impossible. I'm a Christian, yet we have hidden sin. We don't deal with the lies, we don't deal with the bitterness, we don't deal with the hatred, we don't deal with the uh, lust. There's always some reason I'm weak. Yeah, that's right, you are weak. That's why Jesus died for you and the Holy Spirit come. God knows you're weak. If He didn't believe you're weak, Jesus wouldn't have died. The Holy Spirit wouldn't have come. He'd say, okay, folks, do the right thing. We can't do the right thing. Where are we? We rest like, well, that's just the way I am. No, you're creating the image of God. You choose wrong. That's what happens. But brothers and sisters, sometimes I feel that way. I just get socialized. I'm weak. And all of a sudden, I can feel myself be a different person. Here, I'm standing in front of you trying to get you to love Jesus and follow him. But how do I help? How do I treat her? What do I say about people? Oh, that now we're getting down to who I really am. Or how am I on the job when none of you are around? When I'm by myself, when I'm doing other things, how am I? You see, one thing about it, someone who is really a Christian, who is consistent, they're pretty much the same person here in church, on the job, in their family. Nobody's perfect, I understand. But boy, there is not gross inconsistency. There is not. You know why? God is light and He has no darkness at all. Sin is not an arbitrary choice by God. It violates His very nature. Why is it you can't have a square circle? It violates the nature of geometry. You cannot have it. Why is it you cannot have hidden sin? It violates the nature. We've got to make sure that we don't just all of a sudden lower the standard, accept things he's told us to do. Confess, repent, help each other. And we've got to wait on this stuff. We don't have to be that way. We have to decide what we believe. Square circle number two, theological. Christians don't have to obey. <laughs> They don't have to obey. Now, most of us will say, well, of course, Christians have to obey. I'm talking about how we live our day-to-day -day life. Am I thinking, I'm a Christian, but I don't obey? Is that okay? Look at the 1 John 2, verse 3. We know we have come to know him if we obey his commands. The man who says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. Wow, a Christian is somebody that obeys God. It's really that simple. Now, sometimes people go, well, I don't want to be legalistic. Don't be legalistic. But you know what? The commands of God don't make a person legalistic. I make myself legalistic. 
John will say later, 1 John 5, verse 3, this is the love for God that we obey His commands, and His commands are not burdensome. You know what? There have been times in my life I found this commands burdensome. You know what those times are? There are times I didn't want to do those commands. And the more I didn't want to do those commands, the more burdensome they are. The more anxiety producing they are, the more, you know, just, oh, I just hate this. It's like cleaning up your room or something you hate to do. You know, it's like, oh, this is so odious. It's so difficult. God gave us commands. Why? He wants a relationship. And all commands are, are the pathway to the divine life of people so that you can experience that. You see, there's supposed to be a difference in now we are as a, what we are as a Christian and what we were before we were Christians. Being a Christian now doesn't mean you're perfect, but I'll tell you what, there is a huge difference. And it's not a difference of time on Sunday morning. Now that I'm a Christian, I go to church. We could train monkeys to come to church. It's what you do while you're here. It's the attitude of God. I want to be yours. I want to please you. I want to do that. Why? Because God is good. Don't do it because I say it. But John is saying, look, you say you love God. I've heard people say that. I love God. I love God. But their lives don't back it up. How do you know if someone loves God? How obedient are they to his word? Jesus said that in John 14. If you love me, you will obey my commands. So what does that mean? If I'm not obeying his commands, I do not John is saying, look, guys, don't believe something that's absolutely wrong. It's as simple as pressing that button now. And then the third, third uh, square circle, theologically, belief, is that Christians do not have to forget. I want you to look at 1 John chapter 4. 1 John 4. Christians do not have to forget. Verse 16. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in him. In this way, love is made complete among us so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. Because in this world, we are like him. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For anyone who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And he has given us this command. Whoever loves God must also love his brother. I'm a Christian. If I say, I love God but hate you, guess what? That's a square circle. We have a lot. It's an impossibility. I mean, I can believe that I can say that. How dare you challenge me on that? No, go ahead. It's an impossibility. It's an impossibility. 
You cannot love God whom you've not seen and hate your brother whom you have seen. That includes forgiveness. What happens sometimes is we get kind of weird about forgiveness. We think that forgiveness is saying that what a person did to me was right. Or that we should no longer have any feelings of hurt about it. That's not forgiveness. That's not that at all. What they did is wrong, absolutely. And you should feel hurt, violated, angry even. So what is forgiveness? So how do we forgive? You forgive in the light of the cross, not in the light of your pain. You forgive because Christ forgave you. That's what Ephesians 4, verse 32 says. That's what Matthew 18 says. I don't forgive out of the goodness of my deep-picked heart. I forgive because God forgave me. So what does it mean? It means I cancel the debt. If debt has done something to me and it's hurt me, she owes me apology. She owes me, you know, to try and soothe everything that's done in my life. Yeah, she does that. So what do I do? What do I owe God? Did he cancel that on me? So you know what? I cancel that on you. I don't agree with what she did. I don't think what she did is right all that. But as far as the justice will come her way, that's on God. And I'll tell you this. God's justice is a lot more thorough than yours. You don't want that on anybody, no matter what your pain is. You forgive in light of the cross, not in light of your pain. John says, Sherry, you're going to love me? Love these things. You guys want to know a secret? I would be the most loving person in the world if it weren't for other Why do you think? 
any different. Isn't that the Christian body? We don't wait for other people to change before we love. It's who we are that allows us to love. It is who God has made us. And that is what we expect of ourselves. That's not expected of us before we're Christian. But now that we say, I am a Christian, to be consistent. We're going to love one another. We're going to forgive each other. We're going to try and seek the best in each other and be concerned about each other. Any worldly person can hang out. Any person that doesn't have Christian conviction, they can do whatever they want. That's their choice. And that's fine. But if we're going to say, I am a Christian, guess what? It's not a life of hidden sin. It is a life of being obedient. And it's a life of loving God and loving one another. Um, so I want us to just go back and encapsulate. As we're picking off the fall here, I want us to make sure that hey, not only is our geometry right, but I want to make sure our spiritual lives are right. That we are not saying there's a square circle. I want us to make sure that when we say the word Christian, hey, we're not perfect at what I tell you what people can see the difference. They can see us growing. They can see us growing. We are the ones that God is working on in our lives, shaping us, building us, molding us to be more like His Son. All He wants from us is to have an open heart ready to work. He will do the rest. Let's pray. Father, You are so good to us. God, thank You for just Your Thank you for your commitment to us. Uh, Father, when I see things like Robert coming back to you, I just think about my own story. And I pray we all do. How you reach down. Father, you never quit caring about us. You never set, uh, quit setting the table for us so that we could grow and enjoy the life that Jesus died for us to have. Father, please help us to be open with our hearts. Please help us to confess to repent, to just be transparent, but most importantly, to really love you with everything we have. Father, though we're not perfect, I pray that people will see we are consistent. When we say Christian, Father, people can see we are really trying to live that. We are not making excuses. We're asking for help. And God, help us to do that with hearts on fire and in love with you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for this time we've had to come and worship. And for all the people that are here today, God, may a special blessing be on them. We love you so much, Father. We thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, the singer's going to come. Let's all stand. We'll sing a song. And then you can go get your children from our new children's ministry. And give us have a great fellowship. Thanks. Right among the nations. We're going to do uh, forever. Forever.